If you want to beat the South Carolina Gamecocks on Saturday, you have got to stop Spencer Rattler. You are Locked On Aggies, your daily podcast on the Texas A&M Aggies. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome on into Locked on Aggies. I'm your host, Andrew Stefaniak. Thanks for making Locked on Aggies your first listen every single day. Today, we are going to, we're finally done with the bye week, and we are going to start breaking down this matchup with the South Carolina Gamecocks. Looking at this ball game, it's plain and simple to me. It, it is transparent. What you have to do is stop Spencer Rattler. Looking at their numbers, now remember, caveat, ladies and gentlemen, I am recording this episode before the Missouri game for South Carolina because I am on a fishing trip. So if any of these, if South Carolina has a big game running the football in that game, you know, I'll put that in the comments. I'll let everybody know in the comments what's my thoughts or what's changed. But um, we're going to move on with what we know now, which is six games into the season before the Missouri game. South Carolina is currently has 587 rushing yards for 97.8 yards per game, which is not – you know, you can't even consider that a team that's a good running football team. So what that says to me is this. What, some things that scare me when I'm prepping for a football game, you know, prepping for a matchup and like this, is a veteran quarterback. The Gamecocks have that. In Spencer Rattler. Heading into the season, I talked about I'm not the biggest Spencer Rattler guy. You know, I'm not the biggest believer in Spencer Rattler. His numbers have been fine. They've been good. They've been, you know, I would say they've been kind of where I expected them. Um, I think some people expected the numbers to be much better. And they're not, listen, they're not, they're not bad numbers. They're, they're fine numbers. But I just think people this is he's been around a while we're expecting this explosion of yards he's been fine once again he's been fine um but i mean he's currently averaging 287.3 a game through six games through the air so numbers aren't terrible but it's nothing you look at this and, and you're completely terrified but looking at this offense as a whole for south carolina you know texas a&m you gotta know hey we have got to stop rattler which what does that mean what that means to me is this, looking at their lack of talent running the football, I don't even say talent, but just they haven't run the football well this, this season, tells me one thing. The Aggies have got to get pressure in this football game. I'm not scared about them running the football. I'm not at all. Not scared about them running the football. I am scared about Spencer Rattler having all day in the pocket and picking picking you apart in the secondary. That is what scares me. That is how they're going to how South Carolina wins this football game is if if Rattler has a good game and he just picks you apart in the secondary. So what that means to me, you have got to get pressure on Spencer Rattler. You have to live in the backfield. You have to get after him all day long, get after him all game long, be in his grill, make him make poor decisions, make him make silly mistakes, 
That is how you win this game. Now he's a veteran. He knows how to pick up a blitz or, or read a blitz and know how to how to roll out and get out of the pocket. He knows how to do all that. But still, if there is pressure breathing down him all game long, he's going to make a mistake. That's what you want to do is create mistakes. I think that, and listen, this is going to be, you never don't want to get pressure on a quarterback. But when you look at a team like this South Carolina football team that is, um, you know, hadn't run the football extremely well and they are throwing the, they throw the football somewhat well. I'm not scared of the rushing attack. Like I said, I am scared of the passing attack, especially knowing what happened against Jalen Milrow and what happened against Tyler Van Dyke for the Aggies secondary. That is what has me concerned. Those two things or um, is, is that thing is can Rattler tear you apart downfield? I don't know if he's going to or not. It's one of those things. It's like, I think that if you get pressure on him, if he only has a few seconds in the pocket every play, I am a lot less concerned about him being able to pick you apart. Kind of like I said, that 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 concern kind of goes out the window for me. But if he has all day times a million to sit in the pocket and get ready to pick you apart, that's when I'm going to kind of start to go, okay, this is a little concerning. This is a little concerning that he's able to pick you apart and, and move the ball downfield all game long. So my thought there is simple. My thought there is this. Um, you need to make sure you get, get, get after him all game long. They have a good receiver in Leggett, great player. He has a long reception on the year before the Missouri game of 76 yards through six games, 716 receiving yards, three touchdowns, 19.4 yards of reception. The reason that is so intimidating is because, you know, that means that they push the ball downfield to him. They get the ball downfield. He's a really good player. He's going to be an NFL player someday. They can push the football down the field to this guy. You have got to make sure that you are that you are covering him well. You got to make sure that whether it's Chappelle or it's DeBerry, whoever's out there after him, you have to cover this guy well. If you don't cover him well, that is how South Carolina can come into Kyle Field and win this game. Of course, it's an eleven kickoff early game, um, so that's one thing I always say. I, now I don't know what the um, if I had to guess what the line would be i'd say something like six and a half something around there um that'd be my guess but coaches always say football you know head coaches sec coaches they say their favorite time to play in a way sec game is noon or 11 depending on you know your time zone that is their favorite time to play because those night game under the lights that is when you get these crazy atmospheres from these student sections, from these different fan bases. So, point is that that's you know I, that has to give South Carolina a little confidence, saying, "Hey, maybe we'll catch a sleepy Kyle Field, we'll catch a sleepy College Station, we'll get down there, and people will be upset that the team's not doing as well as they would have hoped." And now we know that the atmosphere is going to be great, regardless. My point is, I think that's how South Carolina could look at it, and you don't want anything to give an opposing team confidence. So. Kyle Field needs to show out this atmosphere needs to be crazy. 12th man needs to be rowdy. We need to hear lots of noise, lots of people being loud um, in this game. But, I mean, yeah, and you know, they have a tight end, Knox. They feed him. He's got a whole bunch of catches, not a ton of yards. He seems like the safety blanket for Rattler, so someone's going to have to make sure they're staying with him. 
looking at this offense of South Carolina, it's pretty simple. I think that they throw the football at a high level. Um, and I don't even know if I go as far as to say high level. I'd say a, a moderately good high level. <laughs> you know what I mean? They throw the football well. So point is, you got to find a way to make sure that you're getting pressure on Rattler. You're living in the backfield. You're not letting him have all day to find an open receiver because South Carolina does have some talent in that wide receiver. If you do give him all day, the receivers can get open. So pressure is going to be key. Not crazy concerned about the run, as I said. Don't let him have any big gash plays in the run. You know, hold him two, three yards of carry. Nothing, nothing, nothing. Make him throw the football. When they do throw the football, get pressure on Rattler. You know, make his life a, a living, a living heck. Be be in the backfield all game long. Don't let him make good decisions. And if you do that, I think this is a football game that the Aggies should win. Frankly, pretty easily. If you don't do that, if you start saying, "See, this is where this is where I'll start to get concerned," is if we go back to the old DJ Durkin defense and we say, "Well." You know, they don't run the football well, so we're going to send a whole bunch of people in coverage and see if we can get some pressure with three guys. No, no, don't do that. Don't waste your time doing that. Don't spend any time doing that. Send everything you got at Rattler every play. Make him make a mistake. Don't do the three-man pass rush and send a, you know, or don't, don't do it. Don't, ugh, I hate I get PTSD thinking about that just from that Miami game, thinking about seeing three guys rush. Don't do that in this ball game. Send four, send five guys, let your coverage drop. That's how you're going to get pressure on him. And that's how he's going to make mistakes. I don't want to see that, that style of defense against South Carolina, because I think that that's how they will pick you apart. That's how Rattler has a big game through the air. And that is how the Gamecocks can find a way to pull off a big upset. So, those are my keys for or, or early keys for the defense or uh, is making sure you do those things. Now we're going to talk about what the offense has to do to succeed against the Gamecocks, put up a lot of points against the Gamecocks. And a lot of it, a lot of it has to do with the offensive line, making sure they give Max Johnson time and making sure they create some holes for this running game. We'll talk about that coming up right here on Marked on Aggies. We have a couple wonderful sponsors to talk about during this little break between segment one and two. We're going to get into game time. Game time is the perfect place to get your last minute tickets, whether it's to the ball game, whether it's to a concert, whether it's to comedy, whatever you might want a ticket to. Game time is the best place to go get it. They offer last minute price, the best prices at the last minute. I use it to get every, every event I ever go to. I use game time. They beat competitors' prices. It's just the best app to use. This is one of those I highly recommend. It. I love the Game Time app. You have got to go check it out. Take the guesswork out of buying tickets with Game Time. Download the Game Time app, create an account, and use code Locked On College for twenty dollars off your first purchase. Terms apply. Again, create an account and redeem code L O C K E D O N C O L L E G E for twenty dollars off. Download Game Time today. Last minute tickets, lowest prices. Guaranteed. We're also going to talk about our friends over at Prize Picks. Prize Picks is just flat out a ton of fun. I love using Prize Picks. I love watching and and, and they every sport. You know, hockey. How many uh, goals or, or or how many shots on goal? How many goals? How many assists? How many hits? 
is this guy going to have over under passing yards for CJ Stroud 264 over under tank Dell receiving yards you know you, those numbers baseball how many hits is Altuve going to have how many hits is Bryce Harper going to have over under and then all sports basketball how many points will LeBron have how many points is Jabari Smith Jr. going to have for the Rockets that is what you do with the Price Picks app. It's over under on all kinds of different lines. I love it. It makes the game more fun. I use it all the time. I highly, highly, highly recommend going to check out Price Picks. Go to prizepicks.com slash locked on college and use code locked on college for a first deposit match up to $100. That's Code locked on college for a deposit match up to $100 at prizepicks.com slash locked on college. March Madness is right around the corner. If you want to win your office pool, you need to stay caught up with all the college basketball action with the Locked On College Basketball Podcast. Every Monday, Andy Patton and Isaac Shade recap the biggest stories in college basketball, keep you up to date on the NCAA tournament bubble, and get you ready for the upcoming week of games. From the Big East to the Mountain West and everywhere in between, Andy and Isaac have college hoops covered on the Locked On College Basketball Podcast. Available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. So, now we're going to talk a little bit about what this offense has to do to score points against South Carolina. So, looking at the South Carolina defense early into, like I said, through six games, the Missouri game will be coming up. It'll be last Saturday for y'all watching right now. It's coming up this Saturday for me, who's recording a little bit early this week. But looking at the games they've played so far, they lose. They give up 31 points and a loss to North Carolina. They give up 21 points in a win over Furman. They give up 24 points in a loss to Georgia. That was one of those games where South Carolina did a good job. They came out and they punched Georgia in the face. Georgia had three points at halftime, and then they scored 21 in the second half to go on to win this football game. Um, the Mississippi State scores 30 points. The Gamecocks won that game 37 to 37 to 30. But Mississippi State, a team that you know isn't great, has put up 30 points on them. Tennessee then goes on to put on put up 41 points on them and Florida puts up 41 points and I can almost guarantee you that Missouri in a game that like I said has already happened for y'all watching this put up a ton of points. Uh we'll see hasn't happened yet but Missouri's been an electric offense and I think that game's going to be a who who can put up the biggest number. So the point is this South Carolina defense isn't great. This is the type of game, and we're going to talk about shootout possibilities in segment three. We'll talk about if that that comes to fruition in segment three. I don't want it to, and the reason I say that is because I would much rather this football game be a ball game where you know your defense shuts down South Carolina, you score 31 points, 28 points, you know, and win this ball game like. 1731 or something like that. That to me, the um, South Carolina's offense, once again, I wouldn't call it elite. I would say, like, looking at offenses, I would probably take, I'm definitely taking Georgia's offense over. And I'm taking Tennessee's. I'm taking Missouri's. I'm taking LSU's. I'm taking all misses. It's not a bad offense, but it's not 
it doesn't compare to some of these other SEC offenses and some of the offenses the Aggies have already faced in a Tennessee and some of the offenses they're still waiting to face in an LSU and Ole Miss. So I don't think you should give this, this South Carolina offense too terribly much credit. And my point there kind of being, Hey, you know, um, if this, if this Texas A&M offense can score 28, I think they win this football game. I think that's really what it would take. So, um, not a ton of sacks through six games. It'll be interesting to see what the Gamecocks do against against Missouri. But like I said, to this point in the season, not a ton of sacks. 13 um, sacks through six games. That is barely over to a game average. So, you know, if you, if you leave this game and you say, okay, they sacked Max Johnson twice, I can live with that. Unless the sacks somehow come in these like horrendously awful times and Max Johnson fumbles and they take it to the house. That'd be the only. But if you told me, like I think I'd buy that if they were like, okay, you can, uh, we'll, we'll, you can buy Max Johnson gets sacked twice, or you pass on it and he could get sacked less or more. I would buy the two sacks and say I, I can live with that. So two sacks isn't a number that has me too terribly concerned. T.J. Sanders is a good player for the, um, good player for the South Carolina front seven, six foot five, two hundred ninety eight pounds, four and a half sacks through six games. Good football player. Got to make sure you're paying attention to him. And he's got clearly a bulk of the South Carolina sacks on the year. You got to make sure you're paying attention to him. Watch some tape on him. He's a really good football player. Got to be careful with that guy. Um, South Carolina, they don't create a lot of fumbles, but they have, they are averaging an interception a game through six games. They have six picks, so one a game. So that means you know, Max Johnson take care of the football, which I think that I trust Max to take care of the football. If, if the there isn't much pressure on them, and I don't think there's going to be a ton of pressure on them, I think that they will be able to. I think that Max will be able to have time in the pocket. I think that he's going to be able to to pick the secondary apart. I think these receivers will be running open. So no, I'm not in any way truthfully concerned about him throwing picks unless he makes a bad decision. I'm hoping now. I think that there's an opportunity for the Texas A&M offensive line. You do got to remember, they were going against Alabama and Tennessee in back-to-back weeks. Those are two of the best front sevens, two of the best teams when it comes to getting sacks in the SEC. This is going to be a much easier task for the Texas A&M offensive line. But still, you don't want to make a pass rush that hasn't gotten all that many sacks look great in a ball game. You know, you don't want to do that. You want to make sure that you're continuing to get good uh, pressure that you're not I'm not letting pressure on Max Johnson that you're doing a good job of making sure that you're giving him time receivers got to get open and if you do that I don't think you're going to struggle to throw to um, run the football I'm mean, to, to throw the football running the football is going to be the other interesting part of this if you look at South Carolina's games to this point the games they've kind of gotten hammered you know, South Carolina, uh, North Carolina had a had fifteen had a had a rusher go fifteen for one hundred three. Um, Furman didn't do much on the ground, but it's Furman. Georgia had Edwards go twenty for one eighteen on the ground. Mississippi State, not really a terrific running team, didn't do great on the ground. They had a guy go twelve for twenty seven in the touchdown. That's not great. Uh, Tennessee ran for over a hundred with Wright sixteen for one twenty three in a touchdown. And then Florida, this was the one that surprised me. Florida, a team that isn't really known, I mean, is kind of known for their pretty good rushing attack. 
they didn't have a great game on the ground against the Gamecocks. They went, um, they had 33 carries for 71 yards, 2.2 yards carry. Now, part of this you could say also is that the game script, Florida had to come back, and that means Mertz had to throw the football a whole bunch. So part of it is game script. I get that. But yeah, Florida. So so South Carolina, they're fine. I'd say that looking at that, you could argue that they're fine against the run. They teams that should have run the ball well did. One team that should have didn't. So you, I think you could sit here and say they're they're fine at stopping the run, but you need to make sure that you have balance in the offense. But I think it's going to come down to Max Johnson throwing the football, Moose and Evan and Noah and Anias getting open. Jake getting open, getting the football in the hands of these pass catchers, getting the ball in the hands of the running backs out of the backfield. That is going to be the key to putting up points in this ball game. And I don't think we're going to see this offense struggle in this game. I think that the Aggies at home are going to be able to put up some points, move the football well. So that's my thought there, and I think it's going to go well. We're going to talk about why I don't really want this game to turn into a shootout coming up right here. Unlocked on Aggies. We got to talk about the most amazing tasting non-alcoholic brews first before we get into why this game, we don't want it to be a shutout. So we'll talk about our friends at Athletic Brewing Company. Athletic Brewing Company has completely changed the non-alcoholic beer game. They make non-alcoholic beers that actually taste good, full flavor and well-crafted, just like a full-strength beer. Their brews are great-tasting and award-winning and beat out full-strength beers in global competitions. They brew over 50 styles of craft non-alcoholic beer, including IPAs, Golden, Sours, and more. They're constantly releasing limited-edition experimental styles to add to their variety. They sent a six-pack. It was amazing. I got to order another one. Really good stuff. Tastes great. Got to go check it out. I highly recommend it. You can find Athletic Brewing Company's non-alcoholic brews at a store near you or buy online at athleticbrewing.com. First-time customers can use code LOCKEDON to get 15% off your first online order. That's code L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N at checkout for 15% off at athleticbrewing.com. Near beer? Exclusions and conditions apply. Athletic Brewing Company. Fit for all times. So before we call it a day here on this wonderful Monday over at Locked on Aggies, I want to talk about why I don't want this game to be a shootout. We saw South Carolina's game against Florida a couple weeks ago turn into a shootout. Like I said, we're pre-recording, so we haven't seen the Missouri game play out yet. But if I had to bet, I would take the over on that game, and I would lean toward that being a 35-31 type of contest. So... Early thoughts here. I think the Aggies will put up points, but I'd like them to only have to put up about 31, 28. I don't want Texas A&M to be like forced to score 55 points to win this game. Now, do I think South Carolina is going to put up enough points on on offense to really make that a concern for Texas A&M? I don't. But at the same time, I really don't want to see, I don't even want to have that be a concern. I would much rather the the uh, Texas A&M offense, or um, defense, excuse me, just completely shut down this South Carolina offense, let them score 10 points, 13 points. The offense put up 21, 28, 31, something like that, and win this ballgame 
handsomely in front of the home crowd. So, <clears throat> excuse me, excuse me. So that's what I would, how I'd like to see this game play out. I think that a shootout is just isn't a good thing. Now, home game for the Aggies, in front of your home crowd. I feel good knowing that. It is good knowing that, knowing that you don't have to be completely concerned about going on the road, listening to the sandstorm. It's a pretty rowdy crowd there in South Carolina. Give them credit. Um, so I'm happy this is a home game. Don't love that it's an, it's, it's an 11 o'clock kickoff. We talked about that. Coaches love the noon, the 11 kickoffs. I'm not a fan. Wish this was a three, was a 2.30 or a 6 o'clock kickoff. Um, that frustrates me a little bit, but part of it, not, you know, we can't pick and choose. So, you know, this is a ball game. I'd like to see the, the Texas A&M defense kind of shut down the South Carolina Gamecock offense. I'd like to see the, the Texas A&M offense score some points, 28, 31 in that range. I do think that's going to be all it takes, but if this game turns into a shootout, that is when I'm going to begin to be concerned for the Aggies finding a way to win this ball game. So I think you need to win this one in a not, I wouldn't say low scoring affair, but I would say, like I say, like a 1731 type of thing. That's how I want to win this football game. Or another thing we're going to talk about this week on Lockdown Aggies, just blow them out of the water. I'm cool with that too. Do that if you need to. That is going to do it for today's episode of Locked on Aggies. Thank you all so much for tuning in. Hope everybody enjoyed the bye week. I know I sure did. Uh, when you're watching this, I'm with my grandparents and mom, like I said, doing some fishing. So what that means, I just want—I like to be transparent with all you listeners, all you everydayers, to what, what's going on here at Locked on Aggies. Um, if something were to happen, if, if there was an injury for South Carolina that's important, a player we talked about or something like that, I will, when I upload the podcast, I will leave those notes in the YouTube comments letting you know, hey, okay, hey, listen, I talked about this on Monday's episode. This happened. We might not see this guy, yada, yada. I'll kind of break all that down in the comments. And so if there's any update on my thoughts, stuff like that. And then Thursday and Friday's episode, before we get into the game, will be me live after the Missouri game, what we've seen, talking about it. So um, I'll be back to talk about the game last couple of days of the week. A couple of pre-recorded episodes talking about this team as a whole. But like I said, if anything changes against Missouri – for the Gamecocks, I will leave that in the YouTube comments so we can kind of have a back-and-forth conversation there. I'll also update some things on Twitter. Thank you all so much for going on this Locked on Aggies journey with me. Thanks for tuning in every single day. I really, really appreciate it. Have a great rest of your day today, and we will see you tomorrow. <laughs>